What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Lights Out F1 podcast. I'm Patrick. That's Jakob. Um, and we had Canada today. Uh, what were your thoughts on the entire weekend? I thought it was uh, uh, it was a messy weekend for everybody, I think, with the rain on Friday, rain on Saturday. Um, the race kind of underwhelming to, mm. towards the beginning and then kind of spiced up towards the end. Yeah, that was interesting. The back end yeah, it felt like the race didn't, like, the safety car felt like it should have done more, um, and it didn't, because, I think just because of how early it was, it felt like people who, well, actually, just Pierre Gasly was on the soft tire, and he didn't even pit into that safety car, yeah. uh, so it felt like a lot of people who should have pitted probably didn't, and some people who did pit probably shouldn't have, just because it looks like the medium tires could have gone for much longer, um, yeah. but I think everybody was complaining about how long the, or how the tires weren't doing very well in the first stint. Um, yeah, I think it makes sense. Cause I mean, there weren't any feature races for F2, F3 or any GT cars, the track. So unlike Spain or Monaco, there's the tracks not rubbering at all. And then it just rained. So it, even if it was, this is done. It was a pretty good track. At mm. least for the beginning. Hmm. The, the pretty well. Yeah. Um, so Max winning, Checo making I think P six was it? Uh behind the Ferraris. So yeah. not really much to look at for Red Bull. I think the the hype for Checo possibly challenging is now officially dead. There's no chance for that. Um, he lost he lost the follow wire drivers. <laughs> <laughs> now he, it feels he, like he to, now yeah. it's like he really compete for the podiums. So. Yeah. We need to see him. Um, we need to see him just stay ahead of Fernando, and even that feels like a, a very difficult task because oh, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Aston Martin, they brought their upgrades this weekend. Um, Fernando made them work. <laughs> yeah, just Fernando's carrying the team. I mean, yeah. it was like the last time we talked. Like Monstro is not really anywhere to be found. He, if they, if by some. Like, if they pull out P2 and the Constructors, mm. it'll be because of Fernando Alonso. Yeah. So, it won't be because of Lance Stroll. So, yeah, I think know. they fell behind Mercedes in Spain, and I think they just went behind, or uh, they got a little bit closer since Fernando was ahead of Lewis today, but I think they're still, like, 13 points behind. So, tight battle yeah. for second. I don't think Ferrari are really in that battle. No, I think everyone <laughs> seems to think... I don't know what it was. Everyone seemed to think that today was like a good day for Ferrari. They they messed up the strategy. <laughs> they, they, are, they are further away from from the top two teams, top three teams. Mm. I don't know how anyone who's a Ferrari fan can look at today's race and say, that was a good day for us. I think they could say that only because it's an upgrade from what happened in Spain. Yeah. <laughs> so. but, no, but even, yeah, true. Yeah. Points, yeah. But even then, they were like miles off the pace, miles behind Red Bull, uh, Red Bull and Mercedes and Aston. Well, Fernando and those yeah. taking, taking with their teammates. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how is this going to. And towards the beginning of the race, Albon was holding. I think it was Albon. Albon yeah. was holding them up nicely, right? Yeah. He was sitting in between both of them and he was chilling right behind one of the DRS and. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I cannot. Have, it was not a good day for for Ferrari yeah. fans. I mean, good for them for scoring two points, but that feels like it, it. It's a minimum requirement given that they're considered one of the top four. 
Um, and I think the only cases where the top four teams like shouldn't be scoring is either A, if your name is Lance Stroll, or B, if your car gets strict, like uh, George Russell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you look at it over the – I mean, yeah, George had a bit of a, made a bit of an error. But if you look at it over the season, mm-hmm. I can honestly say with, like, a lot of conviction that Williams have made a bigger step than Ferrari have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, okay, yeah, Logan, Logan was kind of useless and yeah, didn't finish. Alex had good rates, and oh, yeah. you can see them making big steps. Yes. Um, I'll get to Williams in a bit because I'm so excited. But uh, it feels like Ferrari, like, um, I think they did what McLaren did last year where they took a massive sidestep in Spain. Uh, and then today, or I guess this weekend, the upga- upgrades they brought were really upgrades towards the sideways step. So I wouldn't say it's, like, surprising them being four and five. Uh, I actually expected him to probably be five and six, maybe even five and seven if Checo was a bit faster. But George yeah. crashing out, and yeah, uh, a lot of good factors for them. I mean, they did well to make the medium tires last as long as they did, especially through the early phase of the race. But yeah. maybe if they would have had the pit strategy, like pitted when everybody else did, they might have actually had a better chance of maybe fighting for uh, a podium. But that seems kind of far away. I mean, I think they ended out like 31 seconds behind um, Lewis yeah. third. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems to me that Aston and Mercedes have made a little bit of a step closer to Red Bull, mm. and Ferrari have just taken three steps backwards from Aston and Mercedes. Forget <laughs> Red Bull; they're mild. I they're not competing with Red Bull. They've taken 30 steps back from yeah. the the second and third place. Mm. If, like I think the hype all comes from I think it's pretty agreeable that it comes from qualifying because I think the Red Bull is just not good on qualifying pace compared to the other cars. It's just good enough yeah. where like they can consistently get pole positions, but just yeah. not good enough where people can still like mildly challenge them for them. Um, yeah. And so that's where a lot of the hype comes from. Comes from, but then when you look at race pace, it's like nobody else is anywhere to be found. Yeah. Um, and it also could be due to the track. I mean, uh, the new drivers. But like. Yeah, keep going. But wasn't like wasn't it supposed to be that this track, because of the low speed corners and mm. all of that, that Aston and Ferrari were gonna be ahead of Mercedes on the on race, <laughs> right? So I think Ferrari uh, I mean, screwed up their car because uh, I think oh, this track and other uh, other tracks that like last year they were really good on this year they're just awful at and people are saying that like you know they had like a cornering machine last year it was great in low speed medium speed corners yeah. even a lot of high <clears> speed <throat> corners and now it feels like whatever they did to the car they sacrificed all their uh, cornering potential for a smidge more of straight line speed and it's not worth it yeah I was actually reading something about this whole trade-off between straight line speed and cornering speed mm. and i don't know how far true it is i think i think it had dr mark uh helmet marco had said something mm. to a journalist and he basically said that they sacrificed cornering speed for straight line speed because the ceo of ferrari didn't like the fact that they were slow on the straights <laughs> and and knowing ferrari's leadership structure that is an entirely plausible situation <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's not good for Ferrari, but that's such a... No. <laughs> no, I would have never entire... done it. I would have never done no, it. No, yeah. Yeah, obviously. But, like, it's an entirely plausible situation for them to be in because mm. Ferrari's leadership, like, CEOs always interfering in their F1 things. Yeah. It's so bad. Like, it feels like uh, 
what Ferrari CEO should probably do is probably do what Laurent Rossi did with Alpine. Should be like, stop screwing up and then just leave it alone. Because Alpine has started doing <laughs> yeah. great since then, like, yeah, Monaco, exactly. points finishes, like, yeah. doing a lot better. But Ferrari CEO yeah. is like, I'm the team principal here, actually. <laughs> like, you two, you're just, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of... But Mercedes, I mean, Lewis, awesome, awesome race from him. Uh, looked yeah. for a while there like he was going to catch Fernando. Um, and I think, you know, you can clearly see the steps that are being made towards uh, both what he likes as a driver, because I think he's been with Mercedes long enough where they just know, but also just like Mercedes taking steps towards the front again. Um, a little bit behind, uh, but they're getting there. And it, like Lewis was talking about it, I think he was like, you know, we weren't as fast as we anticipated but we're still where we expected to be like you know we're still right there at the astons and not quite as far away from red bull although today was a bit of an anomaly so um but what are your thoughts on like you know george russell's incidents and where he's going right now i think listen yeah it's not like you can call it like a down form i think it was just that he was pushing went too hard went too hard clipped the curb a little bit the sausage curb that's fine. He was yeah. he was struggling to keep up with Fernando and Lewis, but I think that's also that he also has to realize that there are going to be races where he's not going to keep up with Fernando and Lewis because yeah. like they're just that much better. That and I also like, think that they've been racing there for like five times as many years as him. Yeah, <laughs> they they're just gonna like it's gonna be the fact that at some races where they've like they've they're both experienced enough, they will go off down down the road with Max and. Mm. He will sort of be in no man's land. Yep. But I think for, as a car, yeah, we will be behind Aston and Red Bull. But yeah, I think we're making good steps. Yep. And I think if the last couple of races have told you anything, it's that all that nonsense about you know Lewis sort of fading and George being the new team leader is sort of mm-hmm. rubbish now. Yeah. Because like you know Lewis is probably towards that back end. Lewis is probably pushing just as hard as George was in the front front end front then yep. the first end. Mm. And you know, kept it kept it clean, didn't bend it into the wall for some reason for no apparent reason. Mm. So I mean, I think you know, as a team, they're doing well. I think we could use a lot more points, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, exactly. it kind of feels like uh, I feel like Mercedes right now is kind of like a perfect example of how the season's going as a whole. Where like you know, George might get the better of Lewis. I think he's um, five and three right now against Lewis in the qualifying battle. So, like, the qualifying battle gets exciting, but then when it comes to actual race pace, it feels like, you know, everybody's a bit behind. And in this case, George is a bit behind Lewis compared to, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, like, everybody compared to Red Bull, or really just Max. Um, And so, but I think, you know, everybody's taking those steps forward. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see, so, um, before we jump into the next team, uh, obviously the pictures of everybody's floors got leaked, uh, and now that Red Bull's finally got shown, like, everybody saw... Um, and I think one of the interesting things was how different the concept was of the floor of the Mercedes versus the Red Bull. Uh, because I think Mercedes is so used to giving Lewis this car that has a lot of outwash. And so like a lot of the air doesn't actually go under the floor. Whereas Red yeah. Bull took a very different concept. And then you look at things like the um, the Williams. <laughs> where it's, it's about as flat as a piece of paper and it's pretty simple. Yeah. But whatever <laughs> and so um i thought that was like one of the more interesting things um and when it came to straight line speed like that's for the reason that the alt or the williams is so quick in a straight line because it doesn't have the 
It doesn't have any downforce. So yeah, exactly. it needs it just has car. to be fast. <laughs> it's a drag car. Yeah. 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 Um Okay. Uh, it'll do. Week. I have no doubt. I have no doubt it'll do extreme. Williams will probably do very well in Austria next next week. Uh, next race. <laughs> hopefully, they will. They will yeah, Halbon will probably do. Hopefully, will do as good as he did today. Just because like Austria is basically straight, 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 straight. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sec- the second sector is uh, quite a few turns. I mean, that's where most of our time will probably get lost. But it's mostly medium speed corners and a couple high speed yeah. ones. So hopefully, we're good but, through there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, James Valls has openly said, you know, it's not going to happen this year. Not going to happen next year. It might not even happen yeah. the year after that. But probably, like, during the new regulation period is probably when we're looking to be good. But it is what it is. Austria is going to be I mean, awesome. as, long, as long as you're making forward steps, yeah. and, you know, sort of climbing through the midfield, then you should be fine. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, we're P9. <laughs> 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 We're one point behind Haas, two points behind Alfa Romeo, and I think I'll take that honestly. That's yeah. heck of a day. Uh, he, the okay, but this is the other half of it that I like. As much of a fan as uh, the whole spectacle, um, it's kind of it was kind of like a little bit boring because it felt like Albon did the exact same thing he did last year in Australia, where yeah. a safety car came out super early and he did the entire race on a set of hard tires. Yeah, and it's I even mean, more laps this time, which is insane. Uh, yeah, fifty-seven or something. Like yeah, it it was something else. It was some awesome defense against um, who was it behind him? Esteban Ocon and Lando Norris. Like yeah. to have dead tires and to be still holding off two people on tires that were like thirty laps younger. That was amazing. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Alpine, Esteban Ocon had the most wobbly rear wing I've ever it's- seen. I think it's under uh, stewards are the stewards are put it under. Or not, I don't know if they're investigating it, mm. but they've noted it. Yeah, I'm sure they'll look at it. I think he got a 30 second penalty for something like uh, a couple of, was last season maybe, or I, I was just listening to the post race show. There was a penalty applied because one of their parks was loose. Uh-huh. And so I think if this if I think if under park for maybe investigate and it's a loose rear wing mm. could potentially. And he could potentially, I mean, I think he could potentially drop out of the points. Both of them, actually, if they're both in points. Yeah. Uh, no. I, <laughs> Gasly was not in the points. I mean, yeah. Um, I but mean, also, that's another thing to talk about. Like, I think we all came into the season expecting Gasly to put up a really good fight against uh, Akon. And, yeah. like, because they're the same age, same place, both French, equal car. And, yeah, like, Akon's built the team for longer, but... I think we expected them to be a bit closer, and I think right now we can clearly see who's the number one of that team. Yeah, I mean, I think I didn't really. I thought I think that they're the same driver, but I think Esteban Ocon. I've always maintained that Esteban Ocon has the edge. Yep. Because he's just that bit, just that bit a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think the time with Mercedes and uh, has benefited him. Mm-hmm. He's just that little bit more aggressive, just that little bit more willing to sort of take things on the chin and and move on from it. Yeah. Whereas I think Gasly, the moment he got hindered by science, yeah, his weekend just sort of fell apart. He just didn't go anywhere <laughs> from it. But I think Ocon might have might have been able to take that better, take mm-hmm. that uh, penalty better, and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels like uh like he's not. Obviously, we know that Esteban's been with Renault Alpine his entire career, 
So clearly the team knows him inside and out, and it makes sense that he would be the team leader. But it feels like Gasly just hasn't, like, I think we got a little excited because he was, you know, doing pretty well up until, like, after the crash in Australia. But then after that, I felt like he kind of just started stepping backwards nonstop, and I don't think he stopped stepping backwards. Um, no. And I think it also comes from his time in driving what well, was one of the worst cars on the grid in the Alpha Tauri, so still kind of getting acclimated to that. Um one thing I'm curious about, though, is we're starting to see, like, more issues with the teams and communicating with their drivers when it comes to, you know, who's stuck behind me or things like yeah. that. And it's one of the most annoying things because, like, I feel like impeding penalties shouldn't happen, I right? Right. I mean, yeah, it should, be ha- it should happen, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't happen technically if you look at, like, how sort of high-tech F1 is yeah. and sort of, like, the way the way the cars operate and stuff. It shouldn't really happen. Mm-hmm. And yet Ferrari have somehow managed to do it a couple weekends in a row now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. It was, all, I think, yeah, I think Ferrari and like a couple of Yuki got, Charles and Yuki got, you no, know, Sainz and Yuki got penalties. Right? Yeah. I mean, so two. Yeah. Other, two. I uh, think for Yuki it's less concerning. Yeah. For Charles, it, for Ferrari it should uh-huh. be concerning because it's the second weekend in a row, right? That they've got this because mm. they got one in Monaco as well. So I think it's. Slightly concerning. Yeah. Ferrari engineers annoy me. It's like, first off, what are you doing with the car? Secondly, what are you doing with your drivers? It feels like there's zero communication between them and their drivers at this point. I feel like everybody's scared to even talk to their drivers. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting. I don't think um, they're all, first of all, I think they're all scared to piss off Charles because, like, they, <laughs> yeah. he hasn't, he, yeah, they, I think. The fact that they didn't let Carlos attack Charles today yeah. was so that I didn't like it at all. I was like, Carlos clearly has just a little... Okay, yeah, the second stint, Charles pulled a gap, but at first stint, Carlos had so much pace, and they were just like, no, he will not attack you. And I was just like, what the hell is the point of this? Yeah. Uh, for our, I mean, still, they did the best I, i'm pretty sure i'll call it the best they could today like i don't think they would have gotten any better of a result so no yeah I, they just need to take steps towards recreating the car that they used to have because i don't like this new one um no, yeah. behind that it's kind of like okay well first mclaren lando unsportsman like conduct <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, suddenly we're talking about American football terms, so that's cool. Uh, but five-second time penalty for him drops him down to 13th. Um, I think Oscar finished outside the points, too, so pointless race for them as well, which puts them even farther behind Alpine, and it kind of feels like, you know, Alpine have solidified themselves as the fourth place, or the, thir- the fifth place team now. Um, and in a way, it kind of feels like Alpine are actually edging really close to Ferrari as far as pace. Like, their drivers are performing pretty well with the car and the car actually seems like it's pretty good now um like a solid fifth place moving towards fourth place team so i'm kind of curious like do you think that towards the end of the season we'll see alpine challenging ferrari for identical places i think if if the upgrade plan for or if like as otmar snap um otmar keeps you know going on about the 100 day plan i think if that goes on you know, so far it's worked out pretty well for them. If that yeah. keeps going on in, in an upwards trajectory, I think they should be good to go. They should be good to be able to, at least I think Ocon can challenge um, Science and Leclerc for, for similar spots in, in a race. 
it just depends on whether Gasly makes step continues to step back or makes a step forward. Mm. Um, but I, honestly, I don't think even if he does make a few steps forward, I think on pure talent, I don't know if he's going to be able to compete with the likes of Science and Leclerc. I think Ocon can probably do it. Yeah. Um, just out of sheer, not maybe not talent wise, but just out of sheer like aggressiveness because yeah. he is aggressive. I think he should be able to compete with them if the, if the car goes upwards in a trajectory. Yeah, so you think it's going to be like similar to the Mercedes versus uh, Alpine or uh, Aston Martin battle, where it's really one driver versus two. <laughs> yeah, like realistically, even like similar, but I think realistically, Mercedes is Mercedes and Aston Martin's hopes of wherever they finish is realistically pinned on Lewis and um, um, Fernando because like. Mm. Yeah, George's will, will will be there for most of, will be there reliably most of the time. But I think the heavy point scoring finishes mm. will definitely be scored by Lewis and Fernando. So I think um I think that's the difference between um S between uh, Ferrari and Alpine and Mercedes and Aston. I think Ferrari at least Sainz and Leclerc are both mm. competing for low positions, but they're still competing together. So. Yeah. So back to McLaren, uh I feel like their drivers had a, a pretty good qualifying, and I feel like their race could have gone better. But, I mean, what do you think's going on? Like, do you think it's just a case of them still needing to develop further, or was it actually, like, not as good of a race as it could have been? I think it certainly could have been a better race, mm-hmm. even if it was just, like, within the top 10, so say between 8 and... If they could, could have got P8, P9, P10, somewhere there... Mm-hmm. I think it could have been a better race, but also like on raw pace, they are slow. It's not like they're <laughs> up there with raw pace. Do you um, think the like um, Lando is kind of outdriving the car right now? Oh, 100 percent. Piastri is probably driving within the limits of the car, like yeah. Ricardo used to do, just a little bit better than Ricardo. Mm. Lando is probably outdriving. Lando is definitely putting that car places it should not be <laughs> in the hands of. It. So I think. It's a. It's probably disappointing for him mm. to have to deal with deal with the subpar car that he has. But yeah. um, you know, I think. Hope I don't know. I don't really have. Haven't seen anything to believe that they'll compete without yeah. being over the next. Do you think his next. like hope for McLaren is kind of unfounded? Like him yeah. like, constantly saying like, you know, I I can see where the team's going. Like they have all this. Like they're clearly investing in new stuff, but like don't see it going anywhere yet right yeah i mean like where has it gone over the last we've what we've been this is the third year of new regulations second yes yeah. yeah second year <laughs> and we're like we're you know yeah okay yeah we're so young into the regulations but mm. there are other teams have made steps forward you know mercedes made the step forward alpine uh well leave out ferrari williams uh <laughs> Haas have made the step forward. Yeah. Alfa Romeo slightly, but not really. Mm-hmm. But McLaren just seems stuck. Like they don't yeah. really know. I don't. There's no like to me over two years. It doesn't. Mm. It's in the second year they still don't know where they're going with it, right? Yeah. So I think uh, I you know I don't believe that they'll compete for best of the rest or podiums over the yeah. next two years. I think Lando definitely, if he's looking, if he's looking to move, I think. With Checo performing as badly as he has, I think that for Red Bull seat might it might be time to talk finally sign a contract with Christian Horner. Yeah, and it's also interesting because Checo 
uh, I think he drove for McLaren at one point, so it would it'd be kind of interesting to see, like, maybe McLaren, if they really can't retain Lando, because I think he's, uh, he's openly, like, stated, like, he's devoted to McLaren for their project until the end of 2024, because um, they'll officially have their wind tunnel, they'll have all their, you know, new executive staff and whatnot, and if the car is not good by the end of 2024 after all you've invested into it, understandably, he could, he could leave a year early from his contract. Um... But also, like, Checo, you know, he's very good with uh, any car, really. I think it's kind of, like, a lot of people don't get impressed by his career because he's only, like, before he got to Red Bull, he was only on the podium ten times, um, including that one yeah. race win. Uh, and after Red Bull, I think, you know, I think he's doubled that tally, but he's still a pretty solid driver, and I feel like the type of driver that McLaren might need. Plus, I feel like he could, you know, build up Oscar Piastri into a better F1 driver. I... I mean, yeah, but I don't think that will happen. I mm. think Zach Brown will want to promote the many young talents yes. that he has retained over the last few years. Mm. So, like, probably he'll probably take a look at Colton. If Lando leaves, it'll be, he'll take a look at, like, Colton Herta or, yeah. like, Alex Paolo or um, the other guy. Yeah. Um, or possibly Mick Schumacher. I mean, he is technically part yeah, of their yeah. academy, even though he's technically Mercedes reserve driver. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, Mick would Mick would be a good. I think Mick, give Mick a second give Mick a second chance. You know, yep. if if Total Wolf can convince him. Stepping backwards, um, James Key. Uh, I think that's his. No, not James. James Key. James. Key. Uh, yeah, he oh. went over to Alfa Romeo officially, um, so he'll be there yep. for twenty twenty four. What do you think about this move? Because like Alfa Romeo clearly needs something to work. Valtteri Bottas no longer playing second gunner for Joe this race. He got a point, which is nice. But um, I mean, it feels kind of weird to hire somebody who's worked on a car that seems like it hasn't moved anywhere, right? Yeah, I think this is an Andreas Seidel hire. Mm-hmm. Um, Andreas Seidel really likes, seems to like James Key, yeah. and I think James Key has a reputation of doing more with less. Yeah. Um, he, you know, he built, you know, he did more with the McLaren in, in 2020 and 2021 yeah. with less, with less resources. And I think in, in the short term till Audi completes its takeover. Yeah. So I think in the short term, I think he will be a, a good sort of, you know, more with less kind of, kind of guy mm. for all for a mayor. And then you know, when Audi's finally kicks in and starts the Audi takeover completes, I think, then you can sort of take a call depending on where Alfa Romeo are in the standings. But I think it's primarily on their side like So you think he kind of serves like just like a placeholder until the Audi project actually starts getting underway? I mean, he could, because Andres Seidel's running the Audi F1 team, essentially. Yeah. So he could very well stay on as a technical director. Yeah. But I think, at least, I, I think... If I were Andreas Seidel, I would, you know, I would be like, if you want the chief technical director role for when we finish the takeover, you need to get this team a little bit higher in standings yeah. than where we are. I think so they're sitting on like, nine points right now. So, yeah, anything's better than what they're at right now. I think it'd be a, a prove your worth type situation. If I were Andreas, I'd yeah. make it a prove your worth type situation. Mm. Um, kind of on the drivers of that team and like their performance as a whole this weekend. I mean, they got a point, which yeah. is more than a lot of other teams can say right now. But 
it was again like not a super impressive weekend they kind of went under the radar the whole time um so i mean do you think it's just a case of they just need to wait until they bring more upgrades or is this just a case of like waiting for like you said like the audi project to actually fully kick in I think if they want to like compete this year, because they're only what they're at nine points. Seventh place. They're yeah, they're seventh place. They're only six point seven points off of um, wait, so they're eight points off of McLaren in the standings. Mm-hmm. I think if they you know yeah you know Audi obviously that'll be good. you know eventually that'll be a good takeover, but I think. Uh, Catching McLaren is a very realistic possibility for them based on points. Mm. I think if they can bring like some upgrades that will improve the pace of the car, sort of quality pace and race pace, mm. um, I don't see why they could not catch. I don't see a reason why they can't catch, uh, give McLaren a run for the money at least. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I don't. I I don't really see that happening just because they need a lot of work to like yeah Valtteri and Joe can put up these one or two point performances but I think it's gonna need they're gonna need a lot of work if they want to hope to it takes so much effort to get one point in these races (laughs) like yeah you're really preying on one of the top eight drivers or seven drivers really because Lance doesn't count you're preying one of them to fail um and you're also hoping your competitors happen to have a poor weekend (laughs) True, but realistic. Like, if you look at it probability-wise, mm. McLaren are having more poor weekends than good weekends. <laughs> That's so true. Like, what, name a good weekend they've had so far. Monaco. Okay, Monaco. And, okay, <laughs> Monaco is also like an outlier. It's yeah, not, sure. It's like quality is everything, and if you can shoot for quality, you're good to go. Yeah. Um, but you know. So, you know, I think it's a possibility if, if they're willing to put in the time and resource for it, I think it's a possibility for them. I think that should be their goal. At least give them a card run. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, Haas should probably be in the same boat. Uh, I think we yeah. all got a bit excited. And, I mean, we're still expecting them to do this, but we got a bit excited because they're supposed to be operating close to the budget cap. But Nico Hulkenberg, even with a three-place penalty, was in P5, and I don't think they scored points today. Which, well, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, man. Yeah. Like, Alkenberg puts it like he's like their their qualifying beast. He's a qualifying beast for them. And like in the race, it's just as soon as those rear tires get hot, it's like backwards. <laughs> yeah, he feels like how George Russell was at Williams. Like qualifying was <laughs> absolutely spectacular, but in the race, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Um, they had some good battles, though. All credit. They had some, they, it was yeah. some good racing between them and Nick DeVries and Yuki and Landon. Yeah, I kind of wanted to get into this. So that battle of Nick DeVries versus K-Mag, I think Nick might have done a bit too much of a send-it on the first corner. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like it was going to be a, a viable like battle, and I don't think it would it, it just wasn't worth it. Um, yeah, he probably also had to realize that he's not going... It's like, you're going against K-Mag, who's not really going to give you an inch of space and he's going to fight it all the way through. And you guys are fighting for yeah. 18th and 19th. Like, what? Yeah. What's so, the point? <laughs> I mean, I think uh, the next couple of re- weekends will sort of dictate Nick DeVries', Nick DeVries career at AlphaTauri, or at least yeah. till summer break. I think if he hasn't... you know, I think if this performance level keeps going on, it's... I think by summer break, I could see them sticking Liam Lawson there. 
someone else in the car. That'd be yeah, awesome I mean, if they stuck him there. Daniel's sitting around, you know. Yeah. Just, but it'd I be, think Red Bull Valley was Yeah. It'd be awesome to see Liam Lawson in a seat finally. Like, yeah, he hasn't won F2, but he is a very solid driver. And I mean, he showed, like, in the Red Bull that he could still put it in a free practice session up in the top five, which, yeah. It was a Red Bull, but you still got to have some pace to be, like, get it up there. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like he's probably one of those drivers who does deserve a chance. And Nick DeVries. Yeah. He's probably about the same level as Logan Sargent, and both of them right now feel like they're kind of pointless being in the sport. Yeah, I think if Nick DeVries sort of gets fired, I think he'll probably like return to the Mercedes stable of reserve drivers. Yeah. And, but I think he goes lower down the priority in terms of getting drive. Yeah. It's Nick and then Frederick Bestie and yep. then probably Nick. Which, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it feels like I'm not sure if he like fully like cuts bridges with uh, Mercedes when he left for the Red Bull Driver Academy. Like, it he's t- he's 29, I think, uh, or going to be this year, and it's like he's not like a K Mag or a Daniel Ricciardo where he has like some ounce of merit behind him outside of the, like feeder series. He actually hasn't done anything in Formula One so far. Like, he's had a couple of okay battles, but outside of that, there's been no real chances for points, no awesome qualifying performances, and quite frankly, he's broken the car, like, four times this year already on a team that doesn't have much of a budget to begin with. So, yeah. it I just... Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. It's, it's either, hard. like, it's either you get banned or, you know, it's... Even, like, even if Logan Sargent gets fired, I think Total Wolf will push hard. Um... Total Wolf will push hard for Mick to get that seed. So. Uh, Yuki, not much of a weekend. I mean, we were all like singing his praises and whatnot, but also this was supposed to be one of the harder weekends for them since their car sucks yeah. at low speed, medium speed corners. Um, and so we weren't actually expecting much from them this weekend. I think it's fair to say that. And they hit about right on the marker. Um, yeah. but next weekend we have Austria and I'm expecting him to be fighting for his usual 10th or 11th place. Um, uh, and it feels weird to say that, like, you know, that's awesome for him, but in an Alpha Tauri that doesn't get much, the idea of him consistently fighting for P11, P10 and that one point at a time type of ordeal, like, I feel like that's because one of the things that a lot of people oh. have been looking at, well, okay, maybe you're pretty much right there, honestly nobody's really gonna give max a run a run for his money at in a point. red bull max is yeah. in a red bull red bull versus red bull nobody's really giving max a run. yeah red bull versus anything right now max is winning <laughs> yeah i mean like um, like yeah but there's been a lot of like i don't know a ton of youtube videos like dissecting how each driver races and like uh if there's one thing that red bull drivers always like having it's a strong front end uh, which is why Daniel couldn't cope at McLaren or Renault because they didn't have that. Uh, and basically any driver that leaves Red Bull like struggles outside of Red Bull because most teams like cars that are understeery because they spin less, whereas oversteery cars spin more unless you know how to control them. Max loves oversteer. Everybody knows that. And any driver that's come out of Red Bull loves oversteer. And that's why they can't handle cars that have understeer. As people have started to dissect Lando's driving style, they're like, he would be the optimal like second Red Bull driver because he loves a good front end like the more wobbly the rear end it's fine but the more stable the front end the better he's driving and so i feel like you know 
he it wouldn't take him long to get acclimated to that car plus he's still pretty young i think he's what 23 so he's he's chilling if he goes to red bull like he has so much time to learn yeah i mean like i'd love to see him in red bull i mean in a red bull or a mercedes i'd love to see him in one of those cars Mm. because it'd be it'd be a great um i think it'd be great for him and it'd be great for the sport Mm. I don't want to. It's it seems so weird, but I actually don't want to see Charles Orlando go to Mercedes. Why? <laughs> it just it just doesn't seem right. Like nothing about it seems right. <laughs> it's hard to put a finger on exactly why, but like in my mind, like Lando makes sense for me because he seems like the optimal like Red Bull driver in the event that Max actually gets sick of the sport or you know he needs another second driver, um, but. I don't know why Charles just doesn't seem like he'd like it or he would do well at Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I think Mercedes is exactly what he needs. Mm. Cause I think Ferrari treat him too much. Like he's God. Yeah. And his driving <laughs> just Ferrari, his driving, he is talented. He is a world champion. It's just that he isn't doing that. He isn't driving at the level that he should be right now. Yeah. I think Mercedes. I think if you if Toto continues to be team principal, I think sure there might be some kiss assing to get him to sign the contract. <laughs> yeah. But I don't see him being treated as a golden boy in Mercedes. Oh, definitely Mercedes not. No. Mercedes haven't ever really done that. They've always said you guys have equal opportunity in my summer break or this leading guest priority. Yeah. And so, you know, I don't, I think, I think Mercedes is exactly what he needs. Mm. I think he, he'll have some good driver management with uh, Mercedes' driver guys. He'll yeah. have good engineers, good strategists, an efficient team overall. And he'll have a team principal who isn't scared of him, really, who's, who isn't like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, no one can fix it. He's going to be like, no, nah, this is what happened, deal yeah. with it. We're going we're gonna to move on as a team. I feel like you said it best about Ferrari. Like, they're so scared at this point to mess up that they won't move forward. And it's like, yeah, I feel like you know all the other teams are making steps forward, like knowing the risk that you know, hey, this upgrade might not work, or hey, this strategy might not work, but we're still gonna do it and see if it works out. Whereas Ferrari, like today, was a perfect example of it. You know, they brought the upgrades and everything, but this was probably the safest race strategy they could have done. One stop. You, you you skip out yeah. on the extra like 19 seconds for the second pit stop but you know it's like they don't take the risk anymore and it's just they need such a structural change at ferrari before anything happens with the drivers i think yeah and i think if you look at other teams across the grid like like leaving red bull out because they're winning yeah so they don't really have to be scared of like max leaving anything yeah no other drive no other team is really that scared of their drivers like Upper management isn't scared of the drivers. Alpine, no one's scared of the drivers. House, throughout the grid, like with maybe McLaren to an extent, but not really because yeah. he's confirmed his his commitment. Yeah. Mercedes, we conflicting messages about the contract with Lewis, but I fully ex- everyone fully expects him to sign one. Yeah. At and least to the end of this regulation period. Yeah, he wants to race for a while. So that, and then you look at Ferrari. Yeah. And they're just, <laughs> yes, they are petrified of Charles. Petrified. Yes. And they just, I, they're so scared of not screwing up that they're looking backwards and then taking a step backwards. Mm-hmm. 
They're not looking forward to take the risk to move forward. Yeah, it's like a, they're so focused on, you know, how to keep the cars behind the behind that they forget how to catch up to the cars ahead. Exactly. And, like, that's not how you, that's how you, like, maintain a race, but you can't win a race like that. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're in first, then you don't have to look in front of you anymore, because... Yeah. And quite frankly, I don't even think Max looks behind him anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, didn't he almost, like, he almost, like, lost the car at, like, towards the end of the race, and then started laughing. Yeah, he started like, laughing yeah. after the chicane, he was like, God, I almost lost it for a second. I was, I was like, any other driver in that position would have shot themselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think last thing, but, uh, so, Checo at Red Bull, it feels like he has one prerogative this year at this point. It's just to get second in the drivers. That's it's really the yeah. only thing he has to do. If he can't do that, then, like, yeah, he's a good driver, but Red Bull haven't ever had that one-two in the drivers' championship, and I think that's what they want more than ever right now. Um, yeah. And so I think that's all he needs to be looking for. And I don't think it's a case of the car is not towards him anymore. It's not a case of, you know max is like belittling him or anything like that it, it's literally just his own ra- racecraft they made last year they made it and this year i think they're gonna do it again they made a specific chassis just for checo like not even so that max could try it out it's just to make checo more comfortable it didn't do anything so like at this yeah. point it's like drive the car that I you think- have and if you yeah. can't get second helmet marco is not gonna love you anymore i don't think he loves you anyways i don't think he i think helmet marco is like I think he's like summer break baby. I can't wait for summer break. <laughs> um, but no, I think Checo he's in danger of he's it's a very realistic possibility that Alonso and Lewis could overtake him in the standings. Yeah. I could see him dropping out of the top three. I think he finishes maybe if he doesn't if his current form of racing continues P four, P five maybe in, mm. in the standings. I can see P four, I can't see P five just because uh like George is consistent, but I don't yeah, think he's as I fast mean, as Checo yeah. right now. I don't think Charles P4. and Carlos are anywhere near him right no. now. So a solid P four. P four is like the lowest he could possibly drop to, and it is based on what's going on. It's very realistic. Yes, that can happen. it is. I think he's so, nine points ahead of Fernando right now. So, yeah, and yeah. Lewis is Lewis is catching up. Fernando yeah. is catching up. So it's not like. It's not like over the next couple of weekends, Lewis and Fernando are just going to disappear. Yeah. They're going to... Yeah. So, you know, I think... Um, I think Helmut Marco is honestly waiting to, like, accent. Like, he's... I think he's so done with Checo right now. <laughs> but, like, I think it would be the most, like, unjustified thing, and I think a lot of people recognize that, and so that's why they're not probably... Like, even at the summer break, if he happens to fall behind, I don't think they'll give him the axe just because, like, he's still a pretty no, yeah. solid driver. But end of the year... He'll- that P3 is not going to save you, dude. <laughs> no, yeah. I think he'll get... I think Helmut Marco will cream him over winter break. will <laughs> ream him out for what he's doing. And yeah. then if he doesn't capitalize, then... Or over summer, but yeah. You know, you, you know, Daniel Ricciardo is right there in the wings. They all... Everyone at Red Bull seems to be saying that Daniel is back to his old self. Mm. You know, you've got Yuki. You've got other drivers who could, could take that seat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as much as he is a good driver, it's like Red Bull's goals are one, two. If you can't deliver that goal, then what are you doing? Yeah. The thing is, like, at least, yeah, sorry, ahead. let me, let me just, at least with you, you, we shit on Valtteri all we want sometimes, 
a longer time, at least he delivered on Mercedes' goals every year. Mm. And if that was a one who were, you know, finish here, finish there, do this, do that, he delivered consistently and reliability. Yeah. Reliably. For the most Checo, part. Checo, <laughs> for the most part. Checo really hasn't done that over the last couple of seasons. No. No, he's not. It's tough. I mean, to be fair, like, we do need more consistency from Checo, like, on every race weekend. But the times that Checo or the times that Max actually doesn't have a good race weekend, he does deliver pretty well. Like last year, yeah. Silverstone and Max had damage. Like Checo ended up on the, I think he got second place that race. Um, and like, yeah. it's just basically the times that Max doesn't do well, Checo does, but we also need him to perform yeah. well on the race that Max does do well. Yeah, exactly. And like, like let's just take today for example, right? Hypothetically. Mm-hmm. Let's just say Max had like actually lost the car when he hit the sausage when he hit the curb. Yeah. And he had he did got stopped, didn't like finish. It would have been Lewis, Fernando, and then no, Fernando Lewis and then whoever was in P three. Charles. Charles. Yeah. Charles? Yeah, Charles. Yeah, Charles. Yeah, Charles would have gotten a podium. <laughs> so you know, like where was he to cap like if his current form of like current racing form continues. Mm. If Max has a bad weekend, he's not going to be there to capitalize because Lewis and Fernando are going to be out. Even the Ferrari will be out of him. So, what use are you at that point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's basically all we got. But just a quick update. Um, you probably haven't looked at it in a while. I've been keeping tabs on it. The F1 Fantasy. Um, right now. Before they tally up the points for Canada, I'm in first place by almost 100 points. Claire's in second place. Um, super fan. Uh, Ezra's in third. We still, we still gotta get him on. Um, and then I'm actually in fourth place as well. <laughs> so, oh yeah. yeah. It's it's pretty oh. bad. Um, and I'm pretty sure like anybody listening probably realizes that like. The only reason I poke it like how poor Lewis has had it for the past couple of years is solely to make fun of you. But uh, mm. both of my teams are named Max is better than Lewis and Mercedes is unnecessary. Also, in case you guys are wondering, none of our teams are able to use... Well, I'm not able to use Mercedes or Lewis Hamilton, but I'm still able to use yeah. George. You're not able to use Red Bull or Max Verstappen, which is probably hurting you so badly for points. Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, um, and then I have the Valtteri Engine Factory in eighth place. So always a good time. Uh, I think after this weekend, it's probably gonna. I'm probably gonna take one and three instead of one and two or one and four. So I'm looking to get the one thing that Red Bull haven't gotten. I'm looking for a one-two in this <laughs> in this league. <laughs> But anyway, that's all we got for you guys. Uh, I made Jakob do it last time, so uh, it's lights out, and away we go.